You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. James is real. James is raw. James is painfully uh, practical. Man, he just cuts and tells you exactly how it is. And the Holy Spirit uses that book, and it fits so beautifully in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, because many of the things that you will read in the book of James, you can hear the spiritual principles someplace else in the New Testament. But the one beautiful thing about the book of James is this, is that there is a tremendous amount of practical application. There's a tremendous amount of practical application. How do we put these spiritual principles into practice? And we need that. The Holy Spirit knew that we needed that. And one thing that James stands apart as as a bit of a difference in the New Testament is that James challenges us with this truth from the very beginning, and and it's this truth, that faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead, and and that has been an extremely big challenge, a, a, a huge thing to hear. Scholars have debated this, and even just a little bit of background on the book of James that for a long time they debated whether or not James should even make the Bible for that very statement. But can I tell you something? James isn't talking about saving faith. See, the scripture is very clear about saving faith. The, the, the faith that we put when we put our trust in Jesus as the only one who can wipe away the stain and the weight and the condemnation of our sin. We can't do anything to earn that or deserve that, nor do we do anything to deserve that. No, that is a free act of grace that was given to us through Jesus Christ. So there's nothing that we can do, not a work that we can associate with that, that makes us deserving of that. But what James is talking about is this, is that when the Holy Spirit deposits something in your spirit as a son or daughter of God, that it must take shape and flourish in your life. It has to show something. When God deposits a truth in you, it's his desire for it to manifest into something that people can see. It is intended to manifest into something that you can see, something that transforms your life. And so James just lays this beautiful, powerful truth out there for every one of us to take hold of that says this, listen, what God puts inside of us is meant to flourish and to grow. It has to. And if it's not flourishing and growing, listen, it's not God's fault. It's our lack of agreement with the truth that God put inside of us. It's time to step up and agree with God's truth. And James just puts it out there in a real way that is amazing. And so in James chapter 4, what we see is this. And most of you, if you have a paper Bible with you today, that there's a heading above James chapter 4 that says, Submitting to the Lord. And that's exactly a good little note to James 4 about submitting to the Lord. But, but I believe that it's so much more than just submitting to the Lord. I believe that it's submitting our thoughts to the Lord that we might find rest. And here's the, what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do in every one of us today is this, is to deposit His truth in us, to make His truth alive in us so that we begin to trust the Lord in our thoughts and we begin to receive rest. Because James chapter 4 starts off at the very beginning, and we're going to read in just a second, with a very powerful question that exposes the fruit of restlessness. 
exposes the source of restlessness. And the objective of James chapter 4 is this, that we would begin to trust the Lord because He is the one who is trustworthy with our thought life. So that we would walk in the rest and the peace and the abundance of the Father. Okay? So let's read this. You can follow along as we read this, as I read this in James 4. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desire, desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask, and when you ask, you do not, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? This is why the scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded, grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do, you, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? All right, take a breath. That was pretty heavy right there. Now, let me tell you something about James. One more thing about James before we get, just dive in, and we're going to pick this thing apart. Because the beautiful thing about James is the context of the audience that he was speaking to. He was speaking to a, a group of people that have fallen to the farthest extreme, okay, in their thinking. They begin to chase things that we're going to talk about in just a second, chase wrong thinking, and it bore fruit amongst them. They begin to start to gripe, nip, yip, kind of get on each other and start to, to fight and quarrel. And it became a very contentious environment in the church in Jerusalem. And James is addressing this. But here's what the Holy Spirit does. And here's how this has relevance to us today. Is that the revelation that the Holy Spirit wants to give is not just to get us out of a deep hole, but to keep us from falling in a pit. We can take the truth that God gives us in James chapter 4 and prevent the pitfalls that happened to the church in Jerusalem. And God gives us this revelation to keep us in a place of rest. So the revelation of rest remains higher than the truth of what James was talking to and the audience that James was talking to. And so what happens at the very beginning of this, I told you, is this question. And here's the first point to today's message. When we're not submitted to the Lord, we're not at rest. When we are not submitted to the Lord, we are not at rest. Restlessness bears fruit. Restlessness bears fruit. And James asks this question, what is causing the quarrels among you? Why are you fighting? Why are you fighting with one another? James 4 is not a, a, a chapter on relationships. 
James 4 is about the mind. And so the question that the Holy Spirit is giving through James right here at the very beginning, the the first half of verse 1 is this, is exposing something that we need to pay attention to. What is causing you to react a certain way to people? You know what the Bible doesn't say? It's, It's not the person you're talking to. It's not the person you're in a fight with. It's not the other person's fault. No, not at all. Why? Because when our minds are not submitted to the Lord, we are not at rest. You cannot find rest in your thinking any other way than being submitted to the Lord. And James goes back and says this, the fruit of restlessness shows up in our relationships. And I would offer to you today that one of the powerful truths that James 4 lays out right at the beginning is this, is that it's the objective of the enemy when our minds are detached and unsubmitted to the will of God and unsubmitted to God's plans and God's love to break relationship. The first relationship that he wants to break is the relationship that we have with the Father, where we cease to go to the Father as a source, where we cease to trust his plans and his thoughts and his ways. But equally as important as the objective of the enemy is this, to break relationship with the fellow, in the fellowship of the saints. So James brings this up right here, and he says, listen, why are you quarreling amongst one another? Here's, here's why. is because restlessness bears fruit, and it bears fruit in our relationships. Familiar passage in Psalm 23, and, and this just highlights this, the importance of this. In verse 2 and 3, Scripture says that he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Why is this significant to James 4? Because when we are quarreling, we're not at rest, are we? When we're fighting with somebody, even in our mind, we're not at rest, are we? When we cannot receive from the Lord, are we at rest? No, not at all. And how does the Father lead us? Even in times where there is trouble around us, He makes us to be still and to be quiet so that He can refresh us. So if the enemy can bring us into restlessness, he can break the unity that we have with the Father and the unity that we have with the saints. And so the question that James lays out in the very half, the first half of verse 1, is a huge truth. It's, it's highlighting this huge truth. But then he turns it and he says, this is the source. Getting straight to it. The source is is not the person, but the source is what's going on, the battle that's going on within you, what's going on in your thinking. Number two, the key to submitting to the Lord is comes in the authority of your mind. The key to submitting to the Lord it comes in the authority of your mind. Your mind is going to submit to something. It's going to submit to something. It's going to submit to some truth. It's going to submit to the truth of an experience in your life, or it's going to submit to the truth of the Word of God. It's going to look for a place to cling to. It's going to look for a place to listen to. Your mind is going to look for something to connect to. When you were born again, your spirit was made alive, was made new, but your mind still needs to be renewed to the truth of your spirit. 
what happens to many believers is that they begin to walk their, their Christian journey, their Christian walk, and they, they fail to understand that they have to renew their mind, that their mind must be submitted to the Lord. That unsubmitted mind will cause restlessness. And the only way to find rest is to allow the authority of your mind to be submitted. Make it submit to the word of God, the truth of God. And so they wrestle back and forth. You feel like you're getting somewhere, and then it slides out from underneath of you. And then you go, okay, I'm going to get back on. You get excited, and then it slides out back from underneath you. What's happening? Your mind is not submitted to the Lord. And so James says, listen, if you find yourself restless, if you find yourself constantly fighting, if you're fighting with the Lord, God, why didn't this happen? If you're fighting with people, you don't seem, and everything you seem to be doing is like this, then what's taking place is that there is warfare going on in your thinking, and your mind must be submitted to God. I'm telling you, this is a transformational truth. The key to submitting to the Lord, it comes in the authority of the mind. And he goes on and he says, listen, this is, and this is what makes James beautiful because we can see this truth in the New Testament several other places. There are several other places in the New Testament that talks about renewing your mind. But what we see here is James breaking down a progression of what happens that causes our mind not to be submitted to God. There's three things that he talks about. Number three, an unsubmitted desire leads, leads us down a bad path. Let me read this to you one more time. In James 4, you desire but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. So the first thing that James talks about in this progression of unsubmitted mind is this, is the word desire. And he talks about this in and the desire is a very simple two-part thing. It's something that is not rooted in the Lord. Something that is not rooted in the Lord, that we do not see God's plan at work in this area. It could be stuff. It could be an object. Something that we desire, something that we want that's tangible, a tangible thing, a house, a car, a vacation, whatever it is, stuff. It can be an expectation, an expectation with the Lord God. I did this. I went to Sunday school all my life, so how could you let this happen to a loved one or myself? It could be an expectation with somebody, a relationship. I acted kindly to them. I showed them love, and they hurt me in return. Why are they doing this to me? It can be stuff. It can be expectation. It can be our future plans. Where we begin to trust in other things to hold our future, to hold the security of our future. And what a desire is, an unsubmitted desire, is something that we do not see God's plan in. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying because this is not about stuff. This is not about relationships. This is not about money. You have to understand that God wants you to have a car. He wants you to have a house. He wants you to have good relationships. He wants you to... Provide for your family, have enough for your families and enough to give. He wants you to have all those things. But when we begin to put our trust in those things above God, what happens is that they become a desire. 
And then all of a sudden they go on a sliding scale. We begin to adjust them and say, listen, when something doesn't happen that we expect it to happen concerning a desire, we get frustrated. The second part of a desire is this. Is when we see a desire not happening, we attempt to do it in our ability. When we begin to see something that we want that the Lord's not directing us to, and then we begin to do whatever we have to do to get it, but we can't seem to get a hold of it. It's never enough. Why? Because there's not enough houses, and there's not enough cars, and there's not enough stuff in this world to fill the void that is in your life that comes from submitting to God. When we begin to pull on people, and we try to make people like us, or try to get people to respond to us, but we can't, can we? Why? Because people can't fulfill you, can they? Look at me, they can't. Only the Lord can. Or we try to save and earn enough money and work enough overtime to, to be secure, but it just isn't enough, is it? And so we get frustrated because we're trying to do it in our ability. And the whole point of this is to allow our thoughts to be lined up with God's thoughts, to know that he is the one we can trust to provide everything we need. And then he goes on and says, listen, this is what happens when a desire goes unchecked as it turns into coveting. And that's fantasizing in an unholy way about the things that we don't have. And the problem with coveting is this, is that we begin to turn on other people that have the things that we want. We get jealous. We get angry. And eventually we break relationships. See, this is why James starts off chapter 4, verse 1, and says, listen, why are you quarreling? What's causing you to quarrel? You have a desire that's unchecked, that's turned into coveting in your heart, and because coveting exists, you're looking at what people have, and you're not looking to the Lord, and you're saying, I'm so mad because they have what I want. Why, God, do they have what I want when I've done these things, and they haven't done these things? And all of a sudden, you get to the point where you say, forget it. I don't trust this anymore. I don't trust people anymore. And you begin to break off relationships. Which leads to the final thing, this progression, is that you break relationship with God. And James says it like this, you do not have because you do not ask God. Well, why would you not ask God? Because a desire left unchecked that has turned into covetousness, that has allowed you to break relationship, will automatically turn you and say, God, I can't trust you. And James says, listen, here's why you don't ask God, because you ask amiss. You are asking from the wrong place. You are asking from an unhealthy, unsubmitted place in your thinking. You need to submit your plans to the Lord, your thoughts to the Lord. You need to come under the authority of God. See, because God wants to bless you. He wants to give you what you need, more than, more than what you need. Okay, everybody all right? All right. Okay. So how do we get out of this place? We want to avoid this, but we want to know how to get out of this place. Number four. When we're not in submission to God, we must reestablish our righteousness and our fellowship. James says it like this. 
in verse 4 of chapter 4. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. You know why? It's because the Spirit of God, God, is jealous over you. So when we find ourselves in a place of contention, in a place of frustration, in a place where we feel hemmed in, in pain, and we feel restless, what we have to do is that we have to reestablish our relationship with God. We have to come in and go, God, listen, I am sorry. I am sorry that I put these things above you. I am sorry that I put my trust in something other than you. I am sorry. I want to reestablish fellowship with you. We do this when we cultivate relationship with God. God's jealous over our spirit. He's, he's jealous over relationship with us. He's desiring that. And so the way that this happens is this. There's areas of our life that have to be submitted to Him, that we have to choose to submit to Him. But the only way that we can establish relationship and, and regain our fellowship is by allowing God to have control over our thinking. And this involves us humbling our hearts, humbling ourselves. Why? And this is so important. This is so important in this process. Because when our mind's not submitted and we're not trusting the Lord with the, the areas of our life, and we have to get back under that place of we have to humble ourselves. We have to get to a place and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What I've done is sinful to you. But here's what the scripture says that's so beautiful and it reflects the great love of the Father. And James tells us this is that in this place where we have to come, where we have to humble our hearts and humble our humble our minds and humble ourselves and say, God, I've gotten out of order. The Bible says that there is grace. There is grace. There is great grace. See, it's almost as if God knows how heavy and hard this is. When we, as his creation, begin to live life in a way where we're not submitted to the Lord and we're in this place of contention, God understands that maybe it took years for you to get in that place and it's going to take some time for you to get out of that place where you begin to renew your thinking. And so what he does is he gives you grace. He shows himself to be the loving father that is extending himself to you, reaching into your broken areas and offering healing. Justin, you come on up. These are the areas of our life that must be submitted to Him. See, it's only when we submit our minds to Christ that we, we find the peace that we need in our life. It's God's desire to, live, to have you living in peace. We don't have to fight. We don't have to contend for these things. We have to trust the Lord. For some of you to... This morning, you have to begin to say, God, listen, I'm sorry. I've, I've picked up these things in my own strength and my own ability, and it's time for me to let them go. It's time for me to stop navigating my life on my own. God, I'm sorry I put my trust in these things. I need to trust you. 
This is what it means to submit to the Lord. Because when we choose to humble ourselves and we receive the grace that God gives, what we realize is that it is so much easier to allow Him, to trust Him for the things that we need in our life. Things that we need in our relationships, the things that we need for our future. The peace that we need. James wraps up this chapter in this, in this really this amazing, powerful way. Talking about some areas of our life that need to be submitted. The first area is this. We need to submit the purity of our hearts and our actions to God. says this, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. God wants us to submit the purity of our hearts to Him. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, here is the reality again in our life, is that one of the areas that will be tested is the area of our heart. Where will we trust? Where will we anchor our hope? And Romans 12, 1 and 2 is more than just a simple scripture here, but it's telling us a powerful truth. That there is something that will guide your heart and ultimately the purity of your heart. It will either be rooted in the pattern of this world, the experience of this world. So, so here's, here's how this breaks down. Let me give you a practical application. Some of you this morning are facing some medical things in your life that are scary medical things. And there is something that is going to guide the purity of your heart concerning those things. And it is either going to be something that is rooted in the pattern of this world or something that if you allow it to be transformed by submitting your thought life to God. If you're a son or daughter of God, your spirit is already made alive to the truth of the word of God. But what's hindering you, what's keeping you up at night, what's scaring you to death is not your heart but your mind. And your mind is either going to be attached to the pattern of this world or it will be transformed when you submit it to God. And so you have to protect the purity of your heart, which means this, is that you have to say, what rules and reigns in me is the Spirit of God alive in me. So my mind will line up with the truth of God in me and the truth of God's Word for me. Does that make sense? See, because otherwise what will happen is that you will spend more time in your thinking that is rooted to the pattern of this world that keeps you up and keeps you restless, out of rest, and occasionally dip into a place of peace. Like you may have felt peace this morning because the Spirit of the Lord is here. And you go, yes, this is what I need. But here's how you can take it out of this place is by saying, this is the truth, not this. And what I'm going to listen to is the Spirit of God in me, and my mind will line up and obey the Word of God. 
That's why when it comes to renewing our mind, what we have to do is that we have to take steps, action steps. You know, listen, and I understand, I understand some of you think like confession is, is, is goofy. Many of you don't, and that's smart that you don't. Some of you think, why is just saying words over and over again important for my, my spirit? Why? Because here's what you're doing when you're not confessing the truth of the word of God, is that you're thinking and you're meditating and you're talking about your issues and your problems, aren't you? Don't raise your hand, but I wanna, I'll bet you that some of you with physical issues going on in your life have been on Dr. Google more than you've been in the word of God. Some of you with physical issues have spent more time talking to people about issues and problems in your life than saying, this is what the Word of God says. This is the truth of the Word of God and confessing that. Look, I don't care if it sounds goofy to you, but I'm going to tell you something. You're going to say something out of your mouth. Jesus said that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you have to have something to do, something to follow up on, something to, to go after as you renew your mind to the truth it out of your mouth. Okay. Follow that one down. Okay. Number two. Second thing that we have to submit ourselves to is how we hear and how we follow him. James says it like this, come near to God. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And then he goes on and he talks in this manner that is just depressing. It's downright depressing. He says, grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning. What? No. And your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Can I tell you here what James is saying? He's talking to people that were not discerning what God was saying. He's saying, listen, God's telling you to do something else, but instead... You're not listening and you're doing the different thing. He's not saying that God wants you to be unhappy. He's not telling you that God wants you to cry all the time, doesn't want you to have a smile on your face. But what was happening in the church of Jerusalem is that they were dancing and rejoicing, but they were not hearing God because instead of just dancing and rejoicing, what they were doing is that they were fighting and nipping at one another too. And God said, stop it. Stop it. You need to humble your heart and you need to repent and you need to grieve for the way you treated one another and you need to stop it. You need to turn that, that, that smile into a frown and say, God, why did we dishonor you by the way we treated other people? And one of the areas in our life that we have to submit our minds to is the way that we hear and discern God. You have been called as a son or daughter to be led by the Spirit. In Romans 8, It says this. Five through nine. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, 
You have been called to live as a son or daughter, to be led by the Spirit of God, to know God's thoughts, to follow God's thoughts, to use them as your guide point, as the direction-setting force in your life. As a son or daughter, that is your right. That is what you've been called to. That's the place of life. We have to submit in the way we follow them. Some of you, God's told you specifically what you're to do. Some of you, listen, I'm not speaking to every one of you here. But see here, this is what transformational Christianity is all about. Some of you, you know what God has told you to do, and you need to do it. Why? Because he's leading you as a son or a daughter. Last one. We have to be submitted. We find rest and peace when we submit to the purity of our hearts and our, and our actions when we learn to follow and hear Him. But finally, in the way that we, we treat others, our other brothers and sisters, our brothers and sisters. James he closes the chapter here by highlighting the importance of the unity of the believers. And again, the whole point of chapter 4 is this, submitting our minds to Christ, lining up, being able to stand firmly and say, yes, Lord, I hear your voice. I know what you're saying. That is what my spirit is made alive to. That's what's in protecting my confession. That is what I'm doing, to be steadfast. But it also carries this other very powerful truth, and it's this is that God fit us in the body together specifically for a reason. Why? Because the active work of agreement that takes place in the body is, is insanely powerful. That the things that as the body of Christ we come together and we agree upon in the name of Jesus, Jesus says that he shows up, he does, he moves supernaturally. This is the way that God designed it. It's his design. That's why God is so protective of the act of agreement that he has with us as sons and daughters and so protective of the unity that exists in the body of Christ. And so an area that we must be submitted to is in the way that we see and we treat other people. Our words must be filled up with edification. Our words must build people up, not tear people down. Our words must be filled with encouragement, always pushing people to their best. And this applies so specifically in the body of Christ, in marriages and with moms and dads and kids. Can I, can I, just, be, can I just be super firm with you for just a second in a great deal of love? That if you're in a marriage and there is not encouragement and edification and honor that comes in that marriage... That there is an absence of submission to God. And if you're a son or daughter of God, and that's the thing, humble your heart, repent, come under the grace of Jesus Christ, and ask Him to heal you. He will. But in the body of Christ, there's supposed to be a difference. Why? Because God protects the unity of the believers because there's something powerful that happens, but it is also a model for the world.
It's powerful. Jesus said it. They're going to know the love that I have for them by the love they see amongst you. So edification, encouragement, honor must take place. This morning, we sit here and, and listen as we chew on this and we allow the Holy Spirit to saturate this, in, this, this word into us. Here's my prayer is that we would come to a place to say, God, listen, in my heart and in my mind, I want to be fully submitted to your plan and to your ways. Because only in that place am I going to find rest. God's desire for you is rest. God's desire for you is to lead you in peace, lead you as a son of God. And this morning, if there is a disconnect in that place, and there has been for every one of us, anybody that stands up here and says, listen, I've never had to humble myself and say, God, get me back into the place of fellowship is lying. But for every person here, listen, if that's you, just simply come and say, God, I'm submitting my thoughts to you. I'm submitting my thoughts to the truth of what your spirit speaks to my spirit, that I'm a son, I'm a daughter. I humble myself. And in our life, it will take just these three areas of allowing God to have and rule in our heart to listen to follow him and to honor people that God's put us in we submit these areas I promise you that you will live in the rest and the peace of God let's pray Father this morning I thank you for your word Lord, I thank you that your word is alive and living in us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak to every person here. Lord, that you would encourage us with your love, that you desire to lead us in peace and in rest. Father, I know that there are some here this morning, and Lord, you know where they are. They they know that you know. That Lord, are struggling in this place of contention and restlessness. Lord, if they're struggling to trust you in an area, no, no matter where it is, Father, if it's in their well-being, Father, if it's in a relationship or their future, God, wherever it is. Listen, if that's you, today I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand. What I'm going to ask you to do is just to make a confession before the Lord, right right where you are. Lord, it's our prayer that we submit those areas to you, Father, that we humble ourselves, Lord, according to your word. Lord, that we look to you, that we trust you, because we do trust you, that you are the one, Lord, and only the one that can bring peace to those areas. Lord, we take them out of our hands, Lord God. We take those things out of our hands and out of our our care and out of our concern, Lord, and we give those to you. And we thank you, Lord, for in turn giving us your grace. So, Father, I declare great grace over every person in that position this morning, Lord, Lord, that they're experiencing, Lord, right now, just your peace your rest coming over them, that they are knowing that you, that they know that you are the good father, the one that cares for them. Father, for every person here, I declare, Lord, that, Lord, as a, as a fellowship, as a body, that we would submit to you, Lord, concerning, Lord, the areas and intentions of our heart, Lord God, that our confession would line up with that, and Father, the direction that you've called us, Lord, the things that you've said to do, Lord, that we will do. 
Lord, the way we treat others. Lord, we thank you. We receive your word today. Holy Spirit, we receive the living word in us. And we thank you that it is alive, that it is active, that it is moving in us. We receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? the grace of Jesus over every one of you today. I want to declare the strength of the Lord over every one of you. I want to declare that your best days are still in front of you. That God has great plans, great things in store for every one of you. Trust Him, follow Him, obey Him in the name of Jesus. Have a great day. Man, if you're going on the retreat, make sure and sign up in the back. Let us know. We love you so much. Have a great week.